Hey, everybody. This is Steve Gibson. And I'm Ryan Berger. And welcome to this week's episode of Distinctly Digital, a modern recruiting podcast. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about quiet quitting and how that potentially can affect your organization and your firm and the organizations that you help recruit for. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Steve. I say, I love that little whisper there. Uh, it's always nice to have some some texture with the terms. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like if we don't mix it up, some um, people are just going to get bored. And so, you know, what 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 I can do to help out? It's it's. I was listening to the Yin Yang Twins last night, and okay. I figured, you know, if they can do it, I can too. Mm-hmm. And were you listening to them with your daughter or? <laughs> the, pause, the pause the pause on that was i had to look up who sang the dang whisper song i couldn't i couldn't think i was since trying to google it real quick i couldn't i couldn't think about who sang that song uh it's the yin yang twins it's um, classic if you, if you haven't heard it yeah you're probably better <laughs> off you're pr- probably better off uh, oh man no that my daughter no i didn't talk to her about it. did you see this uh, video my wife sent me though i was just about to say so first of all i we gotta address the tiktok situation here. <laughs> yeah we probably should because you have been a tiktoking fiend and i feel like it wasn't that long ago that you were anti-tiktok um yeah i mean i wouldn't say i was anti-tiktok I'm not, am I'm anti like seeing my face anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, he says I on think, a video. <laughs> well, I well, but people are listening to my voice. So, I mean, the video is for you and I, for the most part, It is. Um, but I, so I'm, this is a test. Um, I'm trying to see the value in this. Um, I want to see what can happen if we put a little effort into a channel like that. So it's something that's not a traditional channel for our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, so I want, I'm just trying it out. I'm trying to see what it feels like. Um, I think it's fun. It's good to see you goofballs in the office. Um, just a big group of goofballs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I did see that video of, of your daughter and I gotta say she wasn't far off. <laughs> she I yeah. yeah, I know. Especially um, when she came in with the eating candy. So for those of you that don't know, it's a, it's a video. I, I, I can let Steve take it because it's his daughter and wife. That- yeah, so my wife just asked my daughter what, what it is that, that daddy does at work. Um, and she said that I like to watch TV and I just play video games all day and I just eat candy and I hang out with Jeffrey, who is my brother, our founder, which that part's true. Um, and so the candy the part's candy. true. That, the vi- she said that right away. She said, he goes, she, he eats candy. And I was like, she must be feeling a little better from Halloween or something. Yeah. <laughs> I took, I took, I took all over. That was that dad text we talked about last time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so no, but here, so here's something interesting about this. So, I, I, I haven't made a ton of videos. I'm doing it in the company's name. But the, the thing I think I'm finding so far that I like about it the most is, is the repurposing of the content on multiple channels. Mm-hmm. So uh, TikTok's platform uh, is, is, is very easy to use. Um, has some pretty good editing features within that. Um, 
Whereas you know, traditionally it's a little bit more difficult to, to be able to, to edit clips, add music, add sound, all oh, yeah. the things, all the things you want to do. TikTok actually does that really great. And so if you create on there and then take that information and that content, and I shared it on LinkedIn, shared it on Instagram, shared it on our Facebook pages and utilizing it in, in a bunch of different ways, um, you're getting a lot out of a 30 second clip. One um, piece of content. Yeah. And so I think to me, that's been the biggest uh, plus that, that I've experienced uh, mm-hmm. with it so far for our company and from, from utilizing it from, a, from, from trying to get more just attraction in other ways. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think it's great. It's for me, it's just always nice to see um, when the thing that I went to school for four years for um, now becomes easy for everyone. I like being obsolete. So, <laughs> well, it, well, I mean, we're, we're talking to recruiters who are, are always threatened every single day to be replaced by automation or AI. It's true. Um, so they know the feeling, but it hasn't happened yet. Just like, I don't think it will ever be, repl- you'll ever be no, replaced. No, no. I'm just making a silly joke. I know one day, I mean, one day they could come out with a Ryan, you know, little microchip <laughs> and just, to, I don't think people will want it. I don't think it's going to sell well. No, no, it's just, it's just like really indifferent and like, it just like random jokes pop up on your, oh, yeah, on your, on your monitor. Time. Yeah. Just, just always on. And, and it's, and he's always trying bits out and you're like, is this a bit? Is it not? Right. And then it's like, well, this one's not working, but he just keeps going. He just keeps doing it. So one, another point about TikTok, uh, I, I say TikTok funny. I don't pronounce it. The tick. Tick. I say TikTok. I don't know. TikTok. Anyway. Um, I, I, it's, I keep thinking of that Hunger Games, uh, scene, uh, the lady go tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, in the, I've only been doing this a couple days and then using the video, posting it on LinkedIn. Some of the videos we created had some pretty good likes. I don't know what, a, you know, like from the industry perspective, but it had some, some likes, mm-hmm. some good views on TikTok itself, uh, put it on, put them on LinkedIn. Um, lady messaged me today. Um, I'm just going to read exactly what she said. Cause I think it's important to do this on LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, she says, uh, Hi, Steve. We just finished a website redesign and still need some tweaks, but I probably don't want to pay too much for that. I'm paying for and paying a service to help me boost uh, post some pretty light content on Instagram, but but have wanted more uh, uh, wanted better content on TikTok presence uh, on Instagram. And your video caught my eye and I thought I'd like to start a conversation. Can we schedule a call? Um, that's from four days of posting some content, you know, within that platform and utilizing it other places. So, I mean, it works people. It does. Um, people notice and, it. And as I think one of the things that you've talked about is the ease of use with it. And as it's grown in popularity, it's become and will continue to become easier and easier to, to actually get involved with it. I mean, there's so many things, like you said, the editing is easy. There's other apps that you can use to edit that are easy. So, I mean, it's the, the barriers to entry are falling. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I, again, from a sales perspective and I'm, I'm more classic in the way that I approach a lot of things. Our market team's always doing and expanding things for me. Um, so, you know, nice little creative outlet, nice little other dimension way to be able to get in front of people. So explore. You got to have your creative outlets. You got to have your hobbies. You got to have a good work life balance, which what a great segue. 
you know, I've been just, I've, that's what I've been doing all day. When I say that I've been doing podcast prep, it's just like, that's just writing segues that I'm hoping to just ham fist in to the episode. So yeah, wait, wait, Gonna, you're doing what you're ham fisting. Yeah. Well, it's a ham fisted. And so I took that and instead of it being ham fisted, I mean, the action of, <laughs> well, I almost flipped ham and fist and that wouldn't have worked. So I'm, I'm ham fisting it in. So I'm not going to cut this from. <laughs> no, I don't think you should. I don't think you should. I'm going to leave all that silence. Um, I so did that, great, actually, that great segue. Uh, yeah, that was then. <laughs> okay. Turned into a big old ham fist sequence there. <laughs> you did. I still don't even know what it means, but okay. Well, you know, if you like a ham fisted joke, they're forcing it in. I don't know where they got the ham thing from, I guess, because ham is bulky. But hey, guys, if anyone knows where the term ham fisted came from, just give us a shout. <laughs> we're too lazy. We're too lazy to look it up. We are on computers right now, but right. Um, but no, we're talking quiet quitting today. Quiet quitting. Yeah. Which is a term. And um, I want to introduce it as it, so it's this idea that people are fulfilling their job duties and that's it. OK, so this is where uh, maybe it's the it's the deep, deep down the, the boomer inside of me that did not quite understand what this meant. But to me, quiet quitting would be I'm not doing any part of my job. So. That's what I would think is kind of the logical. So if, if I'm, it, it would be like disengaging to a point where you're underperforming. Yeah. Or like not performing at all. Or not I'm quite quitting. All. My, my, I would, I would have thought I, and I thought this until, until we were kind of talking about it today is, is, uh, is that it's where I am. I am at home. I'm not doing any work and I'm letting them pay me for it until they realize I'm not doing any work at which time they will fire me, but I've already quit because I'm not doing anything. Yeah. But that's not the case. It's not the case. And that's why there are. So, so I came up with my, my own term. Uh, I think it may potentially not, not quite be quite quitting, but quite responding. Okay. Um, Because a lot of the issues with quiet quitting, I feel stem from the employer side. Um, I don't think it's, it's people quitting the job it's it's doing what they were hired to do and not um you know everyone always phrases this they're not going above and beyond right but if you haven't created the culture where the above and beyond is uh both compensated and rewarded why do people do that yeah no i agree i mean it's it's a weird um and I agree with you. I think it's a hundred percent on the employer. Um, and a lot of it is, I think a lack of communication in the sense of mm-hmm. what I expect my employees or employees to do in general, you know, so there's mm-hmm. those level of expectations where your idea of the bare minimum uh, versus the, the hiring manager or the, the manager or the owner's idea of, of the bare minimum are probably completely different. So, and that's, that's a great, so that's a great point. And it's something that I think is, is shown in a quote that was in. So this is from an NPR story about the, uh, it's the section, the loud reaction to quiet quitting. And these loud reactions are coming from the employer side or um, the people who benefit from people going above and beyond with 
you know, that kind of stuff. So um, wait, 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 before you read it, can you do it in, in your best NPR impression? Oh yeah. We're going to do it quiet. Don't worry. Okay. Okay, everybody. So um, we're back today talking about quiet quitting. And I think it's very important to understand just all the different sides that come into quiet quitting. So this is a quote from, uh, this is from the story on NPR.org. People who shut down their laptop at five, they don't work for me, says business influencer Kevin O'Leary in a CNBC video. I hope they work for my competitors. So, end scene. Uh, Two things that, thank you. Thank you. Uh, two things that I take issue with, and I don't know what I take issue with more. Um, just the quote itself, people right. who shut their laptop at five, they don't work for me or the term thinkfluencer, because that really bothered me. That that is a title that we're giving people in news stories now. And I know it's not related to quiet quitting, but how dare you talk about quiet quitting as an issue and then label yourself a thinkfluencer? That's not what, a job. What what is that? Does the, the he's a business influencer because he made a lot of money and now he's on Shark Tank, so he doesn't have to anymore. So he's a influencer. Think influencer. The stupid term. I agree with you. It's dumb. It's, that really bothered me. That like yeah. this like this whole episode about quiet quitting. But for some reason, I'm like holding on to like that most passionately. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. It's, it's a it's a dumb statement. It's 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 a it's made up, right? First of all, a thinkfluencer or quiet. Yeah, quitting? or is that a real? Is that a real phrase? I've never heard it before. I haven't. This is the first time I've seen it. Okay. I've heard I've heard like uh, we've talked about um, you know thought leaders or thoughties yeah. as we right know, they're colloquially known. That was a struggle. That word. Yeah, <laughs> it was. <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, so that's the, that's the one side. that's the employer side. And so I take okay. issue with that because it's, um, I think a little myopic. Yeah. Um, so what people have said instead, instead of calling it quiet quitting, because that pushes the employer perspective, why don't we try doing things like maybe calling it the reverse hustle? You know, we're all okay. about staying on the grind set here, but some people are here for the reverse hustle, work-life integration, acting your wage. <laughs> okay. This is stupid. So um, work, work life. What is it? Work life integration. Yes. Gosh, that's nice. These things are so woke and stupid. Acting, <laughs> your, acting your wage. That oh, was a man. Clever. That that's was funny. funny. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's good. Um, corporate coasting was another one. I'm not a huge fan saw, of that one. No, because again, it. OK, so it, it's 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 saying that the person is not doing what they're hired to do. And if. I think if you don't feel like they're doing what they're hired to do, maybe it's time to take a look at your hiring practices, right? Take a look at the job description. Um, How, what are you, where is there a misalignment with expectations versus reality? Sure. And and so, you know, what's interesting about this in some way, so I'm coming from it from a slightly different perspective uh, or just a different position uh, being involved in some of the hiring and some of the employment well, aspects. And so, yeah. um, so I can be sympathetic maybe to both sides a little bit. Uh, it's five Oh five here when we're recording this right now. So, I mean, I mean, no problems here. We I stay mean, on the grind set. Yeah. Right, Every day. Right. I mean, it's, 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 it's not an issue for us because if we stop hustling, we'd probably die. 
Right, right. You have to. It's just, it's just who we are now. We're like sharks. If we from okay. Axel went forward, right, then we're dying. We're swimming. <laughs> we're <dying. backwards. laughs> right. You know, sharks. So, so, but I, so, so it's interesting that that again. This is from my perspective was uh, completely ignorant to the fact that it was people just doing their job and nothing more. I was under the impression it was those not doing their job at all, um, and which gives you a whole other viewpoint on it. So I think it's been it's been misaligned, misrepresented in a lot of ways because I think instantly when you hear that phrase, like you said, whether it's corporate coasting or whether it's quiet quitting, you're you're making you're making the assumption that, that the employees not doing what you hired them to do. And, mm-hmm. and if you didn't represent what the job was or set those expectations, then, um, uh, then you're running into issues from, from, from the perspective of just, you're not communicating properly. And so when recruiters are, 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 are go- getting these job orders, orders from, from clients, um, and reaching out to these candidates and, and talking with them about the opportunities. This is such a great, um, time to be able to utilize something like this or a topic like this to get the, to the details of what it is truly this job needs. Mm-hmm. Cause so many times that just job descriptions are so generic. And so, and so, um, uh, just, you know, not really specific. Yeah, there is, there's a lot of fluff that's with inside that. And so, you know, being able to, to really have a conversation about what you're, what that employer is expecting and maybe even help that employer as a recruiter define what they're expecting better, uh, could be a really great opportunity to make sure that not only the employer is getting the best candidates, the job that can meet their expectations, but those candidates that know what to expect when going in, they're going to be more successful in that role. It brings mm-hmm. a lot of value from a recruiting perspective, uh, to the table. And so, and I mean, in that way, it's a lot about expanding into a role as a, as a consultant sometimes more with when you're talking about what, what are you looking for? It's the same things that we have to do when we talk to clients and we're like, you know, what, what truly are your goals with this? And I know it's uh, that, that G word that we bring up, I feel like every episode, what are your goals? But you do have to right. understand what you're looking for before you actually go find it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, um, it's just there's so many there's so many misunderstandings now between candidates, especially with working from home, working remote. Um, it creates a whole new world of, of misunderstandings. Oh, yeah. And that's a big part of it, because face to face communication or even communication like we're doing now is so much easy. It's so much feels so much more authentic than it does through email or through uh, messaging platforms like Slack or Skype or, whatever, you know. Uh, but. It's about, you know, when you have this remote workforce, which a lot of it did go remote right. in the pandemic, you know, I think there's an expectation among a lot of high level leaders or whatever you want to call it, think fluencers, um, that things will return to normal. But this yeah. is the normal now. Yeah. And I th- remote and I work isn't leaving. Yeah. Even no. if it's reduced. So if you're going to pursue these remote strategies as an organization, and we do see a lot of recruiting firms pursue uh, remote strategies because now you can have access to talent pools throughout the country. Uh, right. You have to create a culture that fits within that. And so yeah. you can't you can't say someone's quiet quitting when they're doing their job and logging off at 5 p.m. You know, right. because that's what they were hired to do. You wouldn't tell them. Well, you know, I, I, well, you may tell them you can't leave, but that's illegal. Right. <laughs> right. So what's really interesting is beyond even just, um, 
because recruiting companies, they're companies too. They are. Um, and, you, guys, and, you guys own companies. <laughs> you guys got names and LLCs and S corps and all the things that, mm-hmm. that are necessary to be a company. You pay taxes theoretically. Um, and within that, you, uh, you experience the same things that your clients experience. And um, t- recruiting is traditionally very high turnover. Um, it is, it's not an easy job. Um, there's, it's a very, it's, it's the most difficult, one of the most difficult sales processes. You've got a, a two products that, that have minds of their own at any mm-hmm. point, lie to you, tell you what you want to hear. Um, and, uh, it's very difficult to manage multiple personalities and all those things that are going on within that process of, of getting someone from job order all the way, finding, identifying the right candidate to getting them hired, helping them through the guarantee and the start date and making sure they're successful in their role. Um, and so you lose a lot of recruiters. And I think notoriously as well, recruiters are expected to work outside of normal hours because and 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 go that extra mile because of all the things we have you have to do on a daily basis. And and even just from the perspective of hey, sometimes your candidates you're trying to reach out to, they, they can't talk until after they're out of, out of work mm-hmm. um, and all those things within that. And so knowing that that these are things that, that need to go, you need to internally go through a process and even a company, us, we have to go through this kind of process. And we actually are in a lot of ways where you define what the expectations are from one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it means to what you are expecting your employee to do and what your employee should expect from you as, as an employer, as a recruiter and as a recruiting firm and the recruiters that work with you. And if those things are defined, you're probably going to have a lot better chance of retaining that, that new recruiter or for them being successful, um, versus having to replace them in three months or six months when they haven't made a placement. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's just, there's this, um, between employer and employee, whether it's, you know, recruiting firm or whatever organization, uh, there's a sort of, there's a social contract between the two that, you know, I'm going to give my time and effort and resources and, and, and do this job. And in return, I expect to be treated professionally, to be paid, to be, you know, compensated appropriately. So, um, I think a lot of this, it doesn't stem from people don't want to work. I think when we hear that, I mean, historically, that phrase has been said so many times. And it's not that people don't want to work. It's that people don't want work to be everything for them. Yeah. And so it just I think a lot of this stems from people feeling that this this sort of social contract that has been in place has tipped over time more towards the employer side. And so. It, it, it's, you know, I've seen it compared to um, how uh, unions in the 1900s, yeah. uh, people unionized because they wanted rights. And so now this is just a more passive aggressive way of unionizing, I've seen, <laughs> which, um, you know, whatever. <laughs> and, and, and again, I don't even... <sighs> I mean, it's not exactly the same even as that. I, uh, oh, I don't necessarily uh, uh, yeah. think it's the same as unionizing by any right. means. But I do think it is a way for people to say, you know, I just I can't give you my all without expecting enough in return. Right. And I just well, I can't give you my all is really what it comes down to. Well, And it's not even that. And I don't even know if that's quite right. And so the fact is. I can give you my all. Shouldn't I can't give you my all. I don't know if that's the right response. It, it should be. I can give you my all when I'm here. 
or well, yeah, in terms in, of, I can give you my all in what you've expected me to do. Exactly. But, but I'm not going to give you my all until, you know, for an extra four hours a night. Uh, mm-hmm. then, then I can't go to this with my child to go to their game and do this. You know, we, you know, I grew up in an environment where, where so dad was gone. We were talking about this the other day. Dad was gone for six, seven, eight years, three, four days a week, three or four nights a week, mm-hmm. our entire, you know, for, for six years of my childhood within that. That's a lot to give up. Oh, I mean, yeah. so, you know, looking back at, at, at his experiences, how much did he miss? How much time did he put in? How much, uh, you know, how much effort was given there to, for it to ultimately, and he was, he was compensated and he was rewarded for those things. Um, but ultimately what ended up happening was what he was, he, he reached a, a level that the owner was no longer comfortable with and let him go. Um, mm-hmm. and so everything that he did all the time that he sacrificed, and that this is just one story of like this, that, that eventually, you know, for what, I mean, you know, what did he miss out on? I mean, he was compensated fine, yeah. but, but, you know, those things, those moments that, that he could have with his children, uh, you, you're never going to get that back. And I think people are starting to realize a little bit of the value of that. And, and certainly remote work has played a part. Um, but like you said, you know, that's just one story, but it's, there's so many like that. I mean, I could think about, I remember my dad selling cars for Saturn, you know, car, car sales is, I mean, sometimes six days a week because they're open, you know, uh, Monday through Saturday. Right. And so it's the same thing. You know, you got to work those hours. You got to close the sale. It doesn't matter. It's, it's what you have to do. Um, I will say I've seen some counter arguments to quiet quitting as, um, you know, think about, think about the people that it's affecting on your team. Think about your coworkers. Sure. Um, and certainly, uh, it does affect your coworkers if you're disengaging, um, I don't think that it's the individual's fault still, but I do think, like you said, it comes down to communications. If you don't feel your needs are being met as a professional, you should bring it up. But if yeah. it's a, if it's a culture that doesn't create that sort of, um, opportunity to do so, or where you feel safe doing so, and, it, you know, safe in the sense of professionally safe, I mean, we don't have to dive deep into our emotions all the time although we can steve if sure well maybe offline okay we could do a whole podcast i mean you were talking about you need friendship last time let's, let's just do a podcast with ourselves just <laughs> just just just, That's a, just a phone call <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want to call it just just need somebody you just need a hug, just need a hug. <laughs> too much candy and video games at work it's just right <laughs> But what you're saying, though, I, I think is is good. I think where the burden on the employee is, is to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in an environment where you can't bring it up because you're not you don't feel like it'll be it'll be uh, understood and it was going to jeopardize your role, then that's the employer's fault. But um, but and that that's a whole other situation that's just, you know, I think you should get out but from the perspective of, you know, if you feel like that there's some things that are that are that's where the employee could rather than just doing the bare minimum could express, Hey, I think that there's, you know, this is what we're doing here. This is what, you know, I've been working maybe a little too hard on some of this and I, I don't feel like I'm being fairly compensated for it. I'm working well outside of our hours and mm-hmm. this, this, and this, and this, and I want to be an asset to the team and I don't want to be a, a detriment with an attitude or with, with a mindset. So this is what I would like to see us be able to kind of somehow find a way to remedy this. So what can mm-hmm. we do? And having that kind of conversation with leadership or with your team, I think could be really, really vital. I think that would be beneficial. 
Oh yeah. Because so much of it, um, is about communication. And so, so how can, at, on the, um, employer side or, or on the, the recruitment side, what are ways to, to improve upon that communication? Um, one of them, and we talked, we touched on this last time, uh, is that sort of automation. Some of those things that, that, you know, can help you reach out or just, you know, um, I've seen a lot of HR outreach tools, things to help uh, reach out to your internal team. I've even seen people talking about things like, you know, sometimes just newsletters just to stay in touch and just creating that sort of um, fostering a culture where communication comes first. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, things that keep coming up that we're saying, and I think are just kind of to recap and kind of bring it to the front of the hair is, is, is make sure everybody kind of understands what we're saying is just set expectations, Mm -hmm. Um, realistic, written down, you know, expectations for your employees, whether they're your recruiters working for you or helping your clients set these as well when determining those job descriptions and then just uh, creating an environment of, of communication um, mm-hmm. within that, within, within what you do and your firm does, and then what your clients are doing, helping them do that creates, creates a lot of, 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 of solutions to these things that we're seeing within this world of quiet quitting or, you know, whatever that, whatever. that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, and I know we kind of always say this around this 28, 29, 30 minute mark, but I mean, listen to yourselves. It's not like you don't do these things where you focus on communication. It's not like you don't have outreach tools. It's not like you don't, you know, so, so some of the things that you might tell a a client or that you would do in your own work, I mean, think about how you would want, how that could apply to, to um, a, an overall organizational strategy. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest thing to, um, to do is looking at at yourself, say, just taking your own advice. You, mm-hmm. It's so e- it's easy for us to talk about it or anybody to talk about because the recruiters are engaged in this kind of discussions probably every single day. But to, to inwardly reflect on, OK, how do, can I apply this to my culture or to our organization and make sure that 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 we're not letting that slip through uh, things slip through the cracks? I think it's 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 a good reminder because it's very hard to do. Mm-hmm. And And it's. You know, communication too. It's not just about talking; it's about listening. So let's open up those ears, guys. You got, you got two ears, one mouth. Okay, listen for a reason. Are spelled with the same letters. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to hop on yours there. No, I don't know anymore. I was going to. I was trying to think of another one. You got any Uh, more? um, Just, just think about: Are you really? Are you really listening, or are you just hearing? Oh, that's good. I like that. You got to think. And if what you guys have any more, what, what else does your parents <laughs> say to you? Uh, we're disappointed in you. <laughs> <laughs> you did that. You did this. <laughs> this is your fault. Uh, Ryan, are you listening to me? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was coming up with shtick, dad. <laughs> You're going to do so, a podcast one day. One day. You'll see. No one will listen to it either. <laughs> and you know what? I just got to say, I meant to say this at the top of the episode. 
I just want to give a shout out real quick because I feel like we have been on a bit of a tear with our podcast listens. I want to thank people who are listening because since about July, I mean, I've seen some real growth in what we're doing and, you know, not necessarily as people, but in terms of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And what we're getting, we're getting listeners before we even publish it now, which is, means that somehow uh, some bot has picked up on our feed and is listening randomly or some people have subscribed. And so if you are one of those subscribers, you know, thank you. It means thank a lot you. to it us. It does mean a lot. It you does. Know, it's, a, it's the little things that keep you from, from, from quietly just, just slipping off into the abyss from quietly quit from, from logging off, you logging know, off from just, from just casually coasting mm-hmm. from what's another one here. I got, I, I, there's a few more that were on here. Uh, some people just call it DYJ doing your job. <laughs> moral adjusted, morale adjusted productivity. Now that's something you would find on LinkedIn. It's very technical. Yeah. yeah morale adjusted. We'll say it again. Morale adjusted pro, pro, uh, productivity. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That. <laughs> that. You want to do? Uh, you want to do the celebrity generator? I do. I did want to touch on something too, real quick. You know, a, a great a great episode that people could listen to too for for some organizational stuff is uh, that one we did on employer branding with James Ellis. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I was just thinking about this today because I actually did see some branding stuff that made me think of it. Uh, did you see that Frito-Lay is now introducing canned chips? What does that mean? Like, so you know like how Pringles? Pe- like, like peanuts or like Pringles? Okay. Like Pringles. Okay. And everyone's like, get a load of their employer branding. They're not Pringles. They're Frito-Lay. And well, what's that have to do with employer branding? Uh, because they're moving away from, they're just, they're, they're trying to be Pringles when they're not. They're, they're taking, they're trying to be something they're not which is they're trying to take the packaging and the style of Pringles and what's worked for Pringles and apply it to uh, their brands when, when it's not the same. But I got a problem with that. So they can do that. It's okay. Like you can try to be something different. You can, but someone's already killing it that way. It's just like, we're not Google, but we do work with SEO. Well, right. I know, but, but like so should it be Google strategy, huh, see, see people need to lay off. Uh, you know, they need a free to lay off. <laughs> right. They need the free to lay off Fritos because they're just trying to reinvent or find another opportunity or angle into a different market segment. And it looks like they're keeping with the same types of chips. They're just putting into a can, a new way of packaging it. Well, right? they did say it is the same type of chip, but mini, which to me, a can doesn't seem like a great idea because then they're just going to break up and, but, you know, it's yeah, no, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not necessarily like like on board with like it being the most amazing, incredible idea. But I'm, for people to have backlash over something like this. Well, there's a lot on. of snacktivists out there that are really upset. Snacktivists. <laughs> 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 All right. Let's on that note, let's get into the celebrity generator. OK, okay. I'm going to go ahead and and, uh, and press this button. I'm going to get your turn to do it. OK. You ready? Yeah, sure. Let's. OK, so this is a. uh <laughs> This is a deep one here. This is. Am I even going to know this? No, uh, I'll give you the. I'll give you what he did. Um, okay. So it's 1818. He lived from 1818 to 1905, and this is my our random celebrity generators is Thomas Adams. He is the inventor of gum. Oh, well, shout out Thomas Adams. Yeah, I love gum. <laughs> That's um, 
I would say um, that gum has a tendency to quite quit its flavor. Um, and over time, it just sort of fizzles out. And I think that that is both the problem with gum manufacturing and my mouth. And together, uh, if we come together with communication, which is through the mouth, um, we could solve the issues of gum quite quitting. And, I like uh, that. I, I like gum quite quitting. It, it does, man. It just stops. It just it does. It just it does really, the permanent chew. You can chew it. It exists. But its flavor's not there anymore. It doesn't go the extra mile. And I expect it to go much longer than it ever does. Well, Steve, let's not open up that can of Frito Lays. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what you're referencing. Uh, I was it's a callback, first of all, to the Frito Lay cans. And then I got you that. said I expect it to go much longer than it does. Oh, I gotcha. Oh, I get it. Oh. Oh, I get it. No, oh. we can't. You know, this is a PG podcast, so we can't yeah, say what it's referencing. Yeah, there's no, no, no E on this one, is there? No, it's, it's, it's we're talking about gum, guys. Talking about gum. Talking Some about people. Gum. We'll have to talk Some about people. this. We'll have to, We'll talk about this offline. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ryan, do we have social accounts that people can unsubscribe from? Yeah, they can quite quit from uh, <laughs> our social accounts on LinkedIn. Um, on where we have a page for both recruiters websites and this podcast and yeah. we would love it if you would guys you know if there's something that's on your mind or if you have something that you want to say about the episodes leave us a leave us a little comment leave you know shout out send us a dm um we'll check it we really like there people aren't doing it so we will check it. <laughs> yeah uh besides that you know facebook um, instagram you can check us out on tiktok too yeah, you can now. We're there. And We're that's active. at Recruiter's website, so it's pretty good, pretty easy to remember. It is. Um, besides that, we've got a newsletter you can sign up for where you can get much more focused content than this podcast. And <laughs> um, I think that's it. You know, I'm stopping there. That's what you asked me to do, and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, well, take the power back, man. That's great. I'm glad, glad you're part of, part, of the, part of the movement. Passive aggressive is my MO. Have a good night, everybody. Yeah, see you.